Hey guys, it is September 19th, 2019. This is episode 5 of Loose Screws, the American Elite Dangerous Podcast. I am your pilot, Ty Worsham. With me is my co-pilot, Justin. What's up, man? What's up? How's your day been going? It's been going alright, sir. How about yours? It's been a very busy day at work, and uh, I'm glad to actually get to relax this evening some, so... Um, got a pretty big episode today got a lot on the lot on the plate um i want to i want to start off with um the ways to reach the show and uh, our twitter handle is uh loose screws ed and you guys can always at, reach us there you can also email us we've gotten a couple of emails uh, at loose screws questions at gmail.com uh feel free to reach us either way um, Justin kind of runs our Twitter, so, uh... Yep, we, uh, literally created this Twitter handle after the last episode. Uh, we meant to do it beforehand, but didn't quite get around to it, because we had to discuss different email accounts and whatnot, but, yeah. Feel free to reach out on us to Twitter, give us a follow, uh, and we'll be sure to keep you updated on when we're doing things on the show via there. So, we kind of had something pretty amazing happen yesterday. You know what I'm talking about? I believe I do. Why don't so, you go ahead and tell our audience? So the good folks over at Lave Radio, specifically Colin Ford, uh, Phoenix uh, Defire, uh, gave us a shout out. And during their show, uh, which you can listen to over at LaveRadio.com, um, you can... Here it's it's toward the end when they do all their shout-outs. You can hear how they referred to me and Justin as their competition. I'm sorry, but I got get the giggles out of that because it's like we're not trying to compete with you. If anything, we're trying to collaborate with you. Exactly. I I, I don't know if I would really consider us competitors, but I will say this: they are competitors from the point of view of you know. America versus uh, uh, United Kingdom. You know, like if we're if like if we're in the World Cup or something, then you know, I want to oh, win can, that. You know, <laughs> I can definitely see that, but it's one of those things where it's like they come out earlier in the week, we come out later in the week. So, so you could say that they're the opening act and we're cleaning up. <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> That's a good way to put it, but. Uh... I mean, they've been doing this for 260 episodes now, and if the people that have listened to us have not yet checked out Lave Radio, I will make a recommendation to start out with episode 259. Yes. Uh, the reason being is because they completely went off script during this, and <laughs> oh my god, it's it's probably one of the better things I've ever heard on a podcast ever, and I listen to quite a bit of podcasts. That, that there was something really special about that episode that uh, episode 259 not i've been listening listening to them pretty much since like since episode like 50 or something oh and, my god like i i haven't listened to them that long i literally once i started playing back i looked up like elite dangerous podcasts and i think i came in around 257 yeah but 259 is something special it really is it really is um it's funny you mentioned that because, like, if you do a search on, I did this the other day. If you do a search on iTunes for Elite Dangerous, it is Lave Radio number one and Loose Screws number two. <laughs> Which and, you showed me these pictures, and you also showed me this on Google Play. And yeah, I'm fine with. I'm very content with being a second place to them. I am very content with that too. I think that that's awesome, and uh, so. Please give Lay Radio, uh, if, if you know any of the guys over there or if any of the guys are listening, thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for the shout-out. Uh, yeah, you guys you guys rule. Like, thank you so much. It's from the heart, man. Yeah. Um, so what you been up to in-game, out-of-game, man? Well, in-game, uh, we decided to sell our mining python, and I bought a crate Mark II, which you know because a couple of days ago we played together. Mm -hmm. The reason why I decided to buy the crate was, and this is going to be yet another shout out to the pilot. <laughs> uh, his amazing and wonderful video about the crate just, it sold me. 
that's the same reason why I have a Diamondback Explorer, and I went on exploring for like four or five days. Like he just makes wonderful videos, and like I hope he really, really hope he keeps it up. I do too. Um, the the for the videography work he does in his videos in his videos really hit a high with that crate phantom episode. Uh, or that crate the crate episode, not crate phantom. Sorry, the crate mark two episode. Uh, he's always done good, but I feel like he really kind of pushed it further in that uh, in that crate episode it was great it was crate oh man it, <laughs> it was great indeed um i really feel like with every video he comes out with like he's don't get me wrong he started out really great with his cinematography but he every every video just seems to get better and better with what he captures and the way he narrates it oh yeah i mean i wasn't trying to say that they were they were bad by any stretch of the means oh i didn't i didn't take it that way yeah but man, when you get to that crate episode, the the way he was painting the camera around and the way he had his cut set up was really um, well done and, and hats off to him. So, Well, I mean, with that, if you really want to know what sold me, it was the fact that uh, he mentioned, because I didn't know this, but the crate is a coffee maker and uh, I'm a big fan of coffee. <laughs> man, let me tell you. So <laughs> you can, if, if you got a VR headset, you can uh, turn on the external cam, and you know how you arrow to the cockpit cams? Yeah. You can get down there. And then you can take off your headset and move it around a little bit if you're smart, if you kind of keep hitting the recenter button to kind of get it moved right. And you can actually get right up to that coffee maker. Mm. And <laughs> it's different. It's very different. Um See, and I, I want to talk for a minute about the Crate Mark too, because so years ago when I started playing this game, one of the ships I really fell in love with, and this was this is all just concept art, was the Crate, and it was just like random concept art with like the, it was like a weird looking triangle with like some pontoons out to the side, but something about it really hit me, like I really liked the Crate. When I was playing the game, I fell in love with larger ships, and I fell in love with my vet, and I still love my vet. But when the Crate Mark II came out, I had a crate, like, I took off half half of the day at work, I come home, and I bought a crate. Like, I was that excited about it. And the cockpit in it is what sold me. It is... Oh, dude, beyond... Oh, that cockpit is glorious. I think it is the best-looking cockpit in the game. The only one I would give a run for its money on is the Mamba. Well, actually, there's a couple, but but anyway, the 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 crate mark two, the way that they they have like panels missing. When I first got into it, I was looking around in VR and I was a little irritated because I was like, I just bought this thing and there's like panels missing and there's cords across the floor and stuff and things aren't plugged in right. And if you kind of look behind you, like there's this whole panel that's like just kind of flopping around. It looks like they just ran some cable, they did some poor cable management on the outside of it. But then I thought. You know what? You know what's actually cool about this is that this looks like this is my Millennium Falcon. That's what I was about to say. Is like it kind of has that Millennium Falcon feel, where it's like yep. it's an amazing ship. Yep. But there's been a lot of work done to it, and there's been a lot of maintenance done to it, and some things have just been kind of left there. Yep. And see, the thing is, it took me until it took me a couple. Like I got in it, got it all set up. I I, I went in and like. I bought a Python. I bought another Python before before the crate came out. I bought another Python, grabbed all the internals I wanted, engineered them, and had it ready to transfer the internals back over when 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 it released. That's that's how it, that's how ready I was for this crate. <laughs> I, I was I was at a point where I was like, this is gonna be my main ship. I'm parking my vet. I don't care about that vet. The hell with it. Main ship. And don't get me wrong, I love it. It's great, but it's just not just just doesn't have the firepower of my vet. It just doesn't. I was about to say, little did he know he was lying to himself because he I loves was. his Corvette. I was. But don't get me wrong, <laughs> I, I, I I got a crate. It's named the Maelstrom. I love that thing. It's great. Um, after I uh, you know after I played with you guys the other night, I uh, you know my 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 girlfriend she came home and I hung out with her a little bit and. Then, I got back online, and you guys were off doing something else, but I hopped in my top 10, 
And then I went out to that Hasrez over there because I was really wanting to see what the top 10 could do. And I've talked before about how awesome the the cockpit on the top 10 is and whatnot. And uh, I've done this a few times, but I hadn't really pushed the limit. Like I wanted to just constantly, like I wanted to constantly be in combat and see where the edge of, well, I got to get the hell out of there is, you know? Mm-hmm. So... Um, I went over there and I, everything that was wanted, like I would start shooting and then right after, right after I had it shields down, I would find another target. Or if I saw someone else flying up to me, I would scan them and immediately engage them. At one point I had like seven or eight ships flying around me, shooting at me and the shields went down. I got down to about 80% hull and I was still alive. Wow, I was wondering what you were doing because, like, you didn't message me or anything after we had separated. Well, you guys were doing something. I'd have a whole lot of time, so I didn't want to, you know, get in there. And... No, 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 like, I understood, but it's like I saw you hop back on, and it's just like, what is what is he up to? Like, I was curious. My curiosity was just, you know, kind of peaked there, but I didn't want to disturb you because I knew you were probably spending time with your lady. Yeah. Not in games, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um... But aside from that, um, I, I, I've been playing around with uh, the new patch. We'll talk about that in just a second. And uh, some of the new features there and some of the little bugs that cropped up. And um, The other thing I wanna, I've want i been doing out of game is, uh, of course, I've been playing World of Warcraft again. And our Weather Wild Classic. And who that game's got me. <laughs> I mean, that's always good to hear, though. It's not like WoW Classic was a bad thing. No, no, it's it's not. So, um, You about ready to talk about this patch, man? Sure, let's hop right in here on the uh, keynotes of the new player starter experience and parks. So, on September 18th, um, at 8 a.m. UTC, they applied the September big patch and the biggest feature in this was the new the new starter experience which uh, we kind of talked about that in the previous patch where they uh, previewed it a little bit and um, I think we had Will from the community their, their community manager flies through the thing and that was the big thing in this so so I come home I hopped on and then I, I saw you on I said hey man what you up to and you said hey um, I'm over in, uh, I'm doing the, the, the training scenario. I was like, oh man, I need to do the training scenario, which I'm really glad I did now because at the end of it, we got a paint job. Yep. For the, uh, sidewinder, granted it might be something we never use, but it's one of those things where it's like watching somebody else do it, especially like, don't get me wrong. Will did a great job, Yep. but you can tell he's a game developer and not a player because game developers have a tendency to not be as good at things as their players are. Yeah. He, uh, um, they're spending more time doing the things they need to be doing well, versus I, playing a video game. I think what he was doing, I think he was really kind of highlighting like, uh, you know, he, he was doing his job. He wasn't playing. He was doing his job of showing, showing the, the, the starting experience. Now let me, let me start off by saying this. This is five years too late. Little bit, yeah. Yeah, I kind of feel like this should have been in since day one. Well, I mean, this is something that correlates with like every post this week I've read on Reddit, where it's just like, okay, it's kind of late for this, but we still have new players coming into this day, and right now with the 25th anniversary sale going on, like this is might be a good time for them to actually implement it if people decide to pick it up. Yep. Which, by the way, for everyone who doesn't know, it is on sale on Steam. I think you can get the whole game for like 18 bucks right now. I will look that up while you speak about the points. Yeah. Um, so the we're going to go over real quick the, uh, the bullet points to this patch. Uh, added a curated experience for new players. Got them through the basic controls of the ship, combat, travel, and docking. Which, by the way, if anyone from FDF is listening... Please give us the ability to deploy those rings in a race, please. <laughs> Me and you both. Have, <laughs> dude, oh my god. I flew through it again today just so I could fly through those rings. <laughs> I want to be able to, like, like speed through them. Like, give me the full control and oh speed through Oh my god, them. please let me put full pips in the engines and do yeah. this. So, uh, okay. Go ahead. Before we go on, I, I've looked it up. They 
because of the arcs thing, they've removed a lot of the uh, extra DLC stuff. Mm-hmm. But you can buy the base game right now for eight ninety nine, and the DLC of Horizons for eight ninety nine. So you're looking at a total of about eighteen bucks. So basically, the entire game would be playable for eighteen bucks. You would just be missing cosmetics, which, let's face it, not required. Right, right. I mean, Horizons is though. Yeah, Horizons is. You can do a lot of a lot of things without Horizons. I got a buddy of mine who actually has never purchased Horizons. And he plays passively, but eh, he just he's not interested in landing on planets or doing any, any engineering, so I mean, dude, planet landings alone. I know. I don't but get it. To each their own. Yep. Um couple of things here. Serple certain yeah, Serple. Certain <laughs> UE elements are highlighted at key points during the flow of the mission. Players are given a mission once the flow has been completed. Um, pre-flight checklist is off by default when starting a new game. Uh, maybe turn back on. Eh, that's a little weird. I, I, as dim as it sounds, I actually kind of like that until I figured out how to turn it off. Um, and I will turn it on whenever I um, change my loadout. Uh, just so I can make sure everything's working the way it's supposed to before I leave the uh, leave the dock or change my not my loadout, but change my control scheme. You know. Yeah. Um. I mean, I've never really done that, so it's one of those things where I've considered putting it on just to see what it's all about. But it is one of those things where it's like, is it okay to turn that off? Because if you think about like the different control schemes. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Especially with, like, mouse and keyboard. There are so many buttons to press with that. Yeah. Um, Super Cruise, they added a new option to the Flight Assist tab to allow the Super Cruise module to control the throttle automatically. Uh, Before, you had to actually manually put it into the blue. It's nice that they changed that, I think. I don't really use the Super Cruise Assist anyway, but it's kind of cool they turned that on, so... Oh my god, am I speaking of like that my crate has that still in it because right now I kind of have it like semi combat ship, semi like whatever ship. I don't have a complete build for it because it's a general purpose ship. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, being a lazy pilot is so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the best like I will put a super cruise onto my explorer ship because if I have to go to a planet that's really far out there, it's really nice to aim toward it hit super cruise assist and then go watch TV or something or go check on the girlfriend or, you know, go do a little few little homes. Like if I know it's going to be a 10, 15 minute flight out because it's, you know, 10,000 light seconds out or something before, so I can surface scan it. I just had a thought cross my head that I have not thought about until this very moment. Mm -hmm. Hutton orbital. Mm -hmm. Super cruise assist that shit and just go like, Whatever. Most people complain about how long it takes, but it's just like we can super cruise assist it now. Yep. Have you been there? I have not, but I do want to go there because getting a mug always sounds good because I'm a fan of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I went there once and did not realize um, it was just an outpost and not a uh, uh, station. And I'm in my vet, so yeah. Oh, that's probably why you didn't get the free anacondas, because you have your vet. Yeah, yeah, that's why I need the free anaconda. Yeah, yeah. That's why. Um, the other big thing in this... Uh, so, we're going to talk about the other things, and we'll come back to ARCs real quick. So, uh, they did a complete livery changeout. Uh, they refreshed the update on it. Uh, you got to do it from the main menu screen. Um, they had a completely different... Uh, user interface for like the ship name and ship ID. The coolest thing they implemented was a preview mode um, that lets you kind of choose, like you can see different items, you can actually pan around the ship, and for those that don't know how to pan, because this took me a minute to figure it out too, is that you have to actually go to the options, and there's, a, I believe it's called store for like uh, underneath options, key bindings, and there's a section for store where you can, uh, there's a button for preview mode and a button for like pan around the ship mode. And by default, they're not mapped, so it won't work unless you unless you go map them to something. Uh, it's really nice. The, the the store changes they they made are really nice. I really like the way they did, or what they did to it. Um, 
they also uh, added arcs, and we will talk about arcs now. Well, an important thing to note, too, about the livery update, um, because you said it's from the main menu, but it still is accessible through stations. Yeah. But yeah. the important thing to note there is that it is accessible from the main menu, so if you are one of those explorers who hasn't seen a station in months and months and you're getting tired of that bobblehead, you can now change that from the main menu. Yep, yep. And see, I, I feel like they did this for me because when I get my fleet carrier, I am out in the black, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> You won't see my fat ass again, or for a while anyway. <laughs> hey. Um, so, arcs. They added arcs. Arcs is the new currency that takes place of frontier points. We've already kind of talked about this. Um, it's going to be for uh, real money transactions across all the platforms. Um, they broke up all the things that are in packs where you can buy individual paint schemes or, in, or individual pieces of a ship kit. You don't have to buy a whole thing. Um, you can buy arcs from, from in-game links, uh, to the Frontier store or the site. Um, I haven't looked, but there are packs of arcs that you can buy, similar to how you buy any other game currency. I believe it comes in packs of, like, $5, dollars $10, uh, $20. Um, I think it's, the max is 50 I think it is 50 yeah, yeah. Um... I mean, there's been a, there's been a lot of hate over this arc stuff, and um, you know, I, I'm, I'm so so before we started recording, I told you I was going to rant a little bit. Can, can I do my rant now? Go for it, man. Okay. Everybody who is on Reddit and on the forums complaining about this patch has legitimate reason to complain about the patch because. There are some bugs, and we'll get to the bugs here in a minute. But the people who are complaining just to complain, the people who are on there trolling, the people who are on there uh, reporting a problem, complaining about the problem, and then talking about all the things that are broke, or I've even some people who I'm pretty sure are making up things that are broke. Stop it. It's ridiculous. And this is like true across every internet thing I've ever come across. It drives me insane. Why? Why? Why do you? Let, let me. Let me. Let me preface all this by saying I'm a. I'm a big supporter of Blizzard Entertainment. I have been a big supporter since Warcraft One, since Diablo One. I love their games. They make great games. Past year or so. By the last 18 months, they have been doing things I do not like as a company. And the games that they have not been, the games that they have been previewing have kind of leaked and are talking about, I'm not real excited for. So they've kind of left a, a bad, bit of a bad taste in my mouth from their in-game store all the way down. That being said, not once did I ever get on a forum or on the Reddit post and just talk and just shit blast them. Just talk about how awful they are. I have put in a few requests to get some things fixed for that were messed up in the store wise that they their custom service did get me squared away. I wasn't completely happy with the result of one of them, but at the same time, I also understand that they're a business and they're trying to do things a little bit different. Well, I think that's the important thing to note here is like, yeah, I mean, this is true of every game nowadays. Patches break things. Like, it's just true of any game. There's not a single game I've played where some, when something new comes out, something doesn't get broken. Yeah. But, but the fact of the matter is, is, like, you have to go through, like, and report the bugs, report the broken things, and just give the company time to fix it. And with the things that have broken with this patch, I just want to applaud FDAV because in less than a day, they've already fixed, like, the major broken things. Yeah. Now, let me also say this, because I'm, 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 whenever, whenever I get an argument or think about things, I try, I try to think of both sides of the story. I try to look at things from both angles. So I'm also going to say this. Frontier, I believe this is the third patch, third major patch that you that you've released, that you did not let the community beta test or P 
PTR test or whatever you want to call it. Why? I feel like a lot I mean, of this could have been fixed in a in a beta if you had to just let us test it for a couple of weeks. I mean, as somebody who literally just got back into the game for like a couple of months, uh, I didn't even know there was even a PTR version available of this game. I have not seen this on a Steam downloads list. Uh, but maybe that's one of those things that they need to kind of like release as a PTR. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I don't know what that I I don't know what that looks like. Like I've never been in the PTR. I've never messed with it uh, because I like to see things when they actually come out. But man, it 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 gets underneath my skin when people start this like like this. It 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 spirals out of control really fast. Where people are like, "Oh, the game is unplayable." Blah yeah. blah blah. Um. Okay. The only thing crashing your game is limpets, though. Yeah, and it's like. Yes, this thing is broke. Yes, they're going to fix it. Give them a little time. They've already acknowledged that this crap is a bug. They're going to fix it. And let's, and these people who are starting with these personal threats of stuff, which I've only seen one, and that post was deleted really quick. I didn't even get a chance to see that. It, it's it's ridiculous. Why are you personally... This is, this is, first of all, I love this game. I love everything about it. It's a video game. This is not life and death. This is a video game. Ain't no reason to threaten somebody anywhere. And whoever did that, I hope you face every thing with the law. Everything that can be possibly prosecuted against you with within within the law. I hope you get it. Because that's ridiculous. That post was deleted. I, I, I saw it today around noon uh, when I was on the forums uh, during lunch. And it was deleted within like a, probably like a minute. But I saw it, I saw it gone in like five minutes later. Good lord, people are ridiculous sometimes. Ridiculous, and I, it drives me insane. Stuff like that drives me insane, so, um. Well, I mean, okay, because, like, my only experience with PTRs would be Dead by Daylight. I don't know if you've ever played that game, but they have two versions of it. One is the actual version, one is the public test realm version, and... They always, before releasing stuff, like if you had the PTR, you could play that, see how it goes, and then report to them how it went. Hmm. And, um, like, I, while I took a part, I think, maybe in three of those, I wasn't real big into it, but it was just, it's cool that you get the chance to, like, see what's coming out before it, and then if you have something, report it before they launch it. Yeah. But I'm not going to sit here and say FDev has done anything wrong. Uh, I mean, they took extra time to release the patch. And, I mean, things happen. Yeah. Like, looking at the code and everything like that, I don't know how many of you have ever looked at code, but there's lines upon lines upon lines of stuff to look at. Sometimes things are going to get missed. Yeah. But they've fixed literally the biggest three things in less than a day, so... I mean, that's just my whole point of looking at it. Like, your stuff was still there. Your like the biggest thing was, hey, you still had all your keybinds. I had no issues with keybinds, and I haven't seen any post about issues with keybinds. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing I noticed was engineered stuff not showing up, but your stuff was still engineered. That's the important thing to recognize: is that your stuff was still still had the effect. It just didn't show that it had the effect. And which apparently if you had equipped it or unequipped it and then re-equipped it, logged out and logged back in, it would show back up. And then like the Olympic controllers, uh, I shared that thing earlier today about uh, the hot, like somebody found a way to fix it by selling it, rebuying it, and then equipping it and apparently fixed it. I mean, my heart goes out to those people because the people that find this crap out, you are amazing people. (laughs) I would have never guessed have done that. It really amazes me, like, the way... Like, I, I read the way that they fixed it. I'm like, how did they ever figure that out? But then within a two-and-a-half-hour period, I remember I posted to you that they had hot-fixed for that issue as well as the limpet issue and commander stats missing from the Codex, which I didn't see a post about that at all. So they fixed something that people didn't know about. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually noticed my, my commander stats were missing... Last night when I was playing, because I was every now and then I get in there, I, I was wanting to look at uh, a couple of things on exploration, and they were gone. I was like, "Hmm, well that's probably a bug. They'll fix it pretty soon." And they fixed it today. So, um, the they also did a host of of bug fixes in this patch. Um, 
Yes, they did. The hot, the biggest highlight I see on here is the Mamba landing gear. <laughs> I had never noticed that, if I'm being honest with you. So, so like, I, I was just like, oh, I didn't realize that landing gear was still deployed after it had been retracted. Yep. I, I uh, never saw that when I flew my ship. So there's there's so there's a certain comp like basically if you I can't remember how it went like if you try to put the landing gear up while you're exterior viewed it won't go up and then it stays down even though hmm. like the hit detection shows that it be it showed it to be up and stuff it just the graphic of it's not not up so little little weird but mm-hmm. uh, um I mean probably the biggest thing that I saw is the uh like people that hotkeyed stuff for their uh, SR, not SRVs, uh, the SLFs, the ship launch fighters. Mm-hmm. Um, people apparently you can hotkey command orders to that, and they reduce like they put a cooldown on that, so you can't keep queuing it up, and then like all of that adds to the server load. Like so, I thought that was a really good patch fix. Yeah, that's. I'll tell you something else too. I think that's happened to me because I've been around. What little bit of play I've done, op- I've done an open, and the few times I've gotten ganked an open, I think that happened to me because like they had a fighter and it was just kind of going crazy, and whatever got kind of near them, it, it, it was like it was lagging, and I think that, excuse me, I think that played a part into. Uh, well, I mean, it literally says here multiple orders were creating during or creating network lags, resulting in an exploit during combat. So yeah. That's kind of like a lag switch, I guess. Yeah. Well, you ever playing like a first person shooter and you get a you get around someone and like you're lagging yep. or you'll see them kind of skip a little bit, but you'll die. Like I got a ping of like 30 and they got a ping of like 700 or something. Well, they have a lag hack on their computer is what it well, is. I think even worse than that is like fighting games where if somebody starts losing. They like do what's called a lag switch and suddenly everything starts lagging. You can't move, but they're fine. Yep. Yep. So, um, and yeah, I number one. That's that's a. I love the fact they did this. Uh, I'm not sure how uh, often people were doing it, but uh, I just did a quick Google search on on uh, Elite Dangerous uh, Deploy Fighter hack, and like it was in there. Basically, people were binding it to like like their their fire one button and stuff. Like the primary wow. fire button. So that way when they're just holding down the button, it's just constantly sending a command to the fighter. So like I said, people you know, you give people the ability to do something bad, they're gonna do something bad. So Well, I mean that's the thing. It's like it's not necessarily that gave people the ability to do that, it's just people found it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's I don't know what the delay they put on it, but like I was you know, I had a fighter while I was doing that stuff in the top ten last night and I didn't notice anything anything different on it. Um but I'm, I'm sure it's long enough to where people who are trying to take advantage of it is not going to be able to take advantage of it no more. And people who are legitimately just trying to give their fighter orders are going to be fine. So, yeah, um, I think one more point of note on this, like a high point of note, is uh, for the unidentified signal sources, they've increased high grade emissions and non-human signal sources. So, I want to talk about that for just a minute. So, you know, the other night when we were uh, in the Hasres and we were we were farming up materials, I made the comment to you about uh, gather everything because you can just trade it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know there are some people who try to target specific types of materials and stuff. So, and I know that high grade emissions is the I can't remember the kind of materials you get off it right now, but that's a good place to get some of the level four, level five materials, you know? Yep. Uh, so I like the fact that they increase this because what little bit I've done to actually try to seek out high grade emissions. I'm not sure I've ever seen a high grade emission um, because, you know, what I ended up doing is basically figuring out, well, I need 10 of these. So I'm going to go farm up. 300 of these because it's easier for you to farm these up over at Dav's Hope or whatever and just trade them out, you know? Yep, yep, yep. And I, I feel like a lot of people do that anyway, and I'm kind of curious, like, like, uh, like, do people... I, I'm real curious, like, how often people are trying to seek out 
you know, high grade emissions or something, you know? Um, and I'm also curious, like I'm going to spend some time probably tonight and probably, probably this weekend purposely looking for high grade, high grade emissions just to see if I see, just, just so, just to see if I can see one. Cause like I said, I'm not sure I've ever seen one. So. I mean, I can't say that I have, oh no. Scanning systems and scanning signals. I think I've seen maybe like two, but I never ventured into them. Um, because I haven't really been aware that they were for engineering, but like I, it's one of those things where it's like I'm still like in the learning center of it, so I don't really know everything. But um, yeah, I'll definitely be one of those things where it's like if I see that, I will hop into it and see exactly what's going on with it. Yeah, I think that. Um, um, go ahead, go ahead. I think that the um, making it to where more making it to where it's a little bit easier to get the the level four and five stuff. I think that will pull people in to do more in more engineering and i think that people will see that there's there's more there's a lot of fun a lot of customization in there that you can do it's not just a not just a complete random roll kind of thing well i mean if you're thinking about this in mmo terms because you said it yourself like your ship is your character engineering is kind of like your enchants like if you think about it in World of Warcraft terms, because it's that thing that gives you that slight advantage mm-hmm. that you have to work to get. But the one thing that really interests me is the fact that they're increasing the spawn rate for non-human signal sources. So is like my question is is like is this leading up to a big Thargoid attack, or is this one of those things because so many people are killing Thargoids? that there's never any around because it's all kind of connected that they're like, Hey, we need to increase this. So that way people can keep killing Thargoids. So, okay. There's, there's been, there's been, a, we haven't really talked a lot about lore in this game in, in kind of what I've actually kicked around doing is maybe doing like a little 30 minute lore podcast with you where we just talk about lore of the game. But I, anyway, we can come back to that. But anyway, um, you know, one of the things that have, that has happened. Um, so we had that whole community or was it called community initiative? Was that what it was called? I think it's community initiative where professor Palin, one of the engineers who was out in Maya, um, like his whole base got attacked and he had to move to the arc system. Excuse me, the arc system. And, there's the whole lore behind why he had to move the whole thing to build his base there and all this stuff. But if you go out to Maya right now and you get around where his base, his base is still there, but it's like destroyed. But if you get around to where his base is, there is a new Thargoid variant out there and it's kind of yellow. It has a different, slightly different colors. But what's in, there's two things that are interesting about it. One, it looks like it has some corrosive damage on it. You know how when you get corrosive damage, you kind of have like little green bleeding things on your ship? Yep. And the second thing is that the, the cockpit is very different. If it is a cockpit, we don't actually know it's a cockpit. It could just be a freaking Thargoid eyeball. We don't know, but we've been calling it a cockpit. And there's been a few commanders who have actually tried to scan this thing. They get close to it to scan it. And there's basically a big old graphic that says no when you scan it. And I'm interested to see, after this patch, if anyone gets out there to scan it, if they see any, if, if, it's, if it's been updated with anything, you know? Um, so to kind of go along with this is that there is, so we don't know if this is going to be canon or not because FDEV... There's one of the books, I can't remember, what the, I think it's one of the Drew Wager, Wager books. He talks about there are two distinct species of Thargoids. And the one that we've seen so far is the, what are they called? Uh, my brain's farting. Anyway, <laughs> type A Thargoid is what we've all, we've only seen the type A Thargoids. We haven't seen the type twos, the type Bs, you know? And from my understanding, aren't the Type 2s like a bit more passive? They are a bit more passive, but when they attack, they're a lot more powerful. Hmm. So there's, you know, there's some lore theories behind that we're going to start seeing this other race. Or that 
they're kind of, you know, for a while there, we stopped seeing Thargoids completely. Like, there was no bases under attack. They, everything just kind of stopped. And it stopped for like a week or two, I think. And then it ramped all back up, and the, they moved from the Pleiades Nebula. Now, there's still some there, but they, but you could track them from the Pleiades kind of spreading out. They're now kind of like in the Witchhead Nebula spreading out, which is, you know, north to south side of the, of the galaxy. Uh-huh. So, I'm kind of curious... What that means is like, are they kind of telling us that these are the two different factions of Thargoids? Are they telling us that we ran them out of the Pleiades? Because I kind of felt like we were losing that war, to be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, I know yeah. there's people, I mean, I know there were people that were fighting hard and whatnot, and I did some myself, but, man, there was a, there was, there was a lot of stations on fire at one point. A lot of, and they were, they were getting into the bubble and yeah. stuff. Man, and I like reading Reddit posts about all this. I'm just sitting here and I'm just like, I'm so sad that I missed all of this. <laughs> you missed some cool stuff, man. You really did. I really yeah. did. But um, I'm glad I'm back into it, and yep. hopefully I don't miss anything else major. Yeah. Uh, the one other thing in the patch notes I did want to mention is um. The, the corrected display of the network adapter with the network options. It's kind of a big deal where people who are on wireless are wired. Um, it was a big deal for me anyway because I have, I have a really nice tower that I built. But I also have, a blue, also have a wireless and a Bluetooth adapter in it. Because, you know, if my nick ever goes out, hey, I can still play wirelessly, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, even though this motherboard does have two nicks. But that's beyond the point. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, that's, that's the last thing I wanted to mention because I like the fact that they're giving more fidelity to their options and stuff, so. Oh yeah, I mean, that's always important. Yeah. Um, I'm one of those people that I always believe in everything hardwired, if it can be, so. Yep. Alright, so, you're kind of the music guy, so, we're gonna start something we do every week. No. And, and we're gonna do it after the news, and it's gonna be at the secret question. And it's where I ask you a question about the game, and then because you're kind of new coming back, so it'd be something that mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. It'd be, you know be kind of like your your point of view on it. So one, and I know it's bringing this on you, I'm gonna need you to come up with some music for that. The way I can play, play right here and be like do 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 or whatever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the secret question that I come up with you for this week, um. Is I, I, the one I asked you last? My t- first told you about this. I'm not going to ask you that question the, about the grind and all that. I'm not going to ask you that. Okay. Here's my question. What? So so between now, so we get fleet carriers in December. Between December mm-hmm. and the end of 2020, they basically don't have anything planned that we know of. I thought the uh, next expansion was supposed to come out in 2020, though. Late 2020. Ah. Like fall 2020 is what we're hearing, and I'm betting it's going to be like November, December. So like around this time, between now and the end of the year, because September is the fall months. Yep. So, so, so basically, basically, aside from fleet carriers, we got a year of, of questionable content from FDev, and we know they're working on their big possible space legs thing. We'll come back. Possible to that. atmospheric landings. Yep, I really hope his atmospheric landing is not space legs, but I think it's going to be space legs. <laughs> you know what? Screw it. If we're going to hope for something, let's hope for both. <laughs> um, we'll see. Yeah. So, what small addition can FDev do to the game that requires minimal amount of code that require that would have a big impact on the game, like on the oh, gameplay itself? Dear God. Um. Huh. Small amount of code. That's the thing you bring to me. Because, like, my whole thing is, like, yeah, we get to see the cockpit and lounge area of the ship, but we don't actually get to see the interior of the ships, which is something I've always been curious about. But that requires, A, a lot of code, B, a lot of design. So, kind of my head is like if you had if you had a two man programmer and a graphic designer and you gave them two weeks to come up with a patch that would have a big impact on the game, what would you have them do? 
I mean, honestly, I'd like to see a bit more done with multi-crew, if that's simple. Um, <clears throat> probably the biggest thing would be the ability to have multi-crew within a wing. Yeah, that'd because be Because you can't do the two simultaneously, and, like, you know, if somebody, if one of your buddies is out exploring, and he suddenly is just like, I want to fight shit. But it's just like you're in a multi-crew with your friends, and it's just like, well, I've got a ship fighter, but I can't invite you because I'm in multi-crew. Like, that's something I feel like should be addressed. Um, I'm not sure how much coding or what the implications of that would be, but I feel like that would be the one thing, is just enable multi-crew wing stuff. (laughs) So so my answer is going to be, because, you know, of course I've had time to think about it, so I think it kind of throws everything off. But my answer is going to be power play. And I'm of the mindset that I believe power play is one of the most broken systems in the game. Period. Okay, now can I ask you what makes you believe that? Because, like, you've told me this before, but I've never gone in-depth about this. So, so let me preface this by saying we could do an entire hour just on power play. Okay? And I am not a power play expert by no stretch of the means. In fact, what I really need to do is get in contact with one of the factions and have them on the show so they can explain all the little ins and outs but what little bit i know about it is this because i I played the power play for a little bit to try to get access to stuff and got frustrated with some things and i know i can do more but just the way it works is frustrating but effectively power play doesn't actually affect anything and it does have an effect to some degree uh, before we get a bunch of emails about that, it does have some effect to some degree about you know, who's controlling what stations and whatnot. But there are certain states that you can enter that are kind of like fake states. Like, um, I, and if I get the order of this wrong, bear with, bear with me because I haven't, I'm kind of being put on the spot here, so I don't have all the stuff. But basically, if you enter into a war state... No matter what you do after that will be a famine state. Oh. And so what what ends up happening is that you have like some crap systems that you don't that you aren't really attributing to your cause and you you can't really get rid of. So what you do is like what these leaders of the of the individual factions are doing, they're calling up their faction buddies saying, Hey, we want to get rid of these systems. Can you go ahead and raid these systems? And try to take them over or try to lower our influence in these systems so that we can get out of them. When what it really should be is every system should be somewhat valuable in some way. And we should be competing for them, not just, uh, well, we're tired of the system, we want to get rid of it kind of thing. I mean, I can agree with that because if you look at most major wars, it's not a fight just because, oh, I don't like you and you don't like me. It's over a valuable resource. Right. So I feel like some of these areas should become a valuable resource. Now, you're saying if there's a system at war and then whoever wins, like, it's a famine state, I could see that being a famine state because there was something fought there. So, like, supply lines are disrupted and this and that, but it's just like if you can stabilize it, then that's something the where it's like that will build up and return back to its glory. That's the reason why you're fighting over it. Right. And, and I know how like, okay. The, the player groups that are all in, like, like there's a player group for, for Ashley Duvall and there's a player player group for president Zach Taylor. And there's a, there's a player group for every one of the faction, every one of the power powers. Mm-hmm. There's and, also some rights for each one. Right. So, the leaders of these player groups should not want to talk to and be friendly with one of the other ones. It should be competitive. I mean, it's one thing to be, you can be friendly, but it should be a competitive friendly. It shouldn't be like this. Hey, can you come over here and help me out? Kind of thing. Well, I mean, that's that's what's happening. Part of war though, is that you need negotiations. You're like leaders should be, talking and negotiating things and be like hey can you let us have this system but we'll help you take over this one instead and like like because that's kind of like part of the war and if you look at it through history like this is shit that's happened all the time well let me let me put it to you like this like i wasn't even really aware that this was even happening 
until there was an episode of Lave Radio where they talked about all this and they went into they went into really good in depth about it. And this is what inspired me to start doing somewhat what little bit of power play I did. And I learned very quickly that what 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 one person does doesn't have a whole lot of effect on anything. And I feel like that I feel like the way I look at it is like this. If you were to get one programmer and one graphic designer and you were to get them together and work out a like work out basically just just massage the numbers a little bit, I feel like that they could come up with a better system and a better return for the people who are invested into playing with uh, or people who are invested into playing the power play. Because mm-hmm. while in, in, in I'm also the mindset that I think they need to take um, all of the modules out of it because what ends up happening is that you have the majority of people go for Ashling Duval first because why prismatic shields and right behind that is the person who has the pack hound missile launchers and right behind that is the person who has that flat cannon and after that it's just kind of like well whatever else I get is what I get when r- r- what you really should do is try to align your character to how you want to play the game and, well, you know, you, you may not agree with, with Duval's or your character may not agree with Duval's politics, but you're going to go for the prismatics first. And, I mean, I, I went for the prismatics first. Every person I know who's ever even gotten a power play goes for the prismatics first. And, man, I, I really feel like if they were to, to take the modules out, have someone massage the numbers and get a little bit better system in there, I feel like there's a minimal amount of effort with a maximum gain where you got people really competing with each other then. And you got people invested into their character, invested into the power play. That's a really good point to make. Um, I do like that point. For me, it's not necessarily even so much about the modules, especially since like the engineering update came out because uh, from what I've read, like there's not too much of a difference where if you engineer the regular shields versus getting prismatics, but my whole thing is just like, you know, I, I like being on a payroll and getting those extra credits. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah <I laughs> but mean, I'm a nub, so. Well, I mean, there are, there are some good things about it, but I feel like the system has been in place for about three years now, and I feel like it's been kind of broken for about two of them. And, um, man, it, it, I can't remember what episode it was where... Lave Radio talks about it, but um, like I said, we we should really do a whole episode on power play, and because once you kind of see how 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 it actually is broken and how it should be fixed, it's one of those things where you kind of sit back and scratch your head, it's like man, that really would just take like one or two people to sit down and get the numbers right and then push it in, push it out. Well, I've definitely seen posts about that and looked into it, or it's just like one person can affect so much, but unless like if no if nobody else is there, yeah. But if it's like you know, there's if you're facing a whole enemy, if you're facing a whole faction of people that are trying to do something, then yeah, there's no way you're going to take it over. And, and you know that's that also is kind of how it should be. It should be to where you know your 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 like what like one person can't make a big difference against a thousand people, but. It's also kind of like, man, you know, if they were just to do just a little bit, they could. And I don't need. I'm a big believer. You come to people with solutions, not with problems. And I don't know how to fix it, but I know when something doesn't feel good, it isn't fun, it doesn't doesn't feel right. And that's kind of what I feel about power play. It doesn't feel good. It's not. It's not fun. And you know the 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 modules i feel like are are, i feel like they were a good idea to begin with but i feel like that they need to go and they need to introduce some other like how cool would it be instead of modules you got like if you did really good in your faction you got some custom skins or some like skins you got some custom paint jobs and some uh decals for your ship or you got a custom uniform for your ship you know for your character or something oh that would be pretty cool see i think that that would be far more interesting than trying to introduce some modules that have little to zero impact on gameplay, but are a, I mean like, like, like the pack hound missiles are the best missiles in the game. The prismatic shields are the best, uh, are the highest capacity shields in the game. 
and it's like, well, if I want the best weapons, if I want the best shielding, I'm gonna do the, I'm gonna go do those two factions first. That's step one, step two. Yep. And like, I may not agree with anything that the blue hair girl talks about, or my character may not. Well, and, I mean, like, because we compare this so much to an MMO, it's one of those things where it's like they need to find a balance between everything. Yeah. I, and I realize that's hard to do, but it's just like if you want people to dedicate themselves to a faction, not to a module, then you kind of need to give some sort of like good bonus. Like I realize like dedicating to some certain people has bonuses towards certain things. Yeah. But that's not what really people are looking at. They're looking at the modules they get for it. Um, but like you need to have some sort of met like thing to where it's just like okay. You need some sort of bonus, and you need a way to balance all those bonuses against each other, which I realize that's a hard thing to do. I've played StarCraft too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, and, and, and World of Warcraft for that matter. And it's just like you have to find a balance, and that's something that's going to be really hard for them to do, but that's something that needs to be done. Well, you know, something else that kind of goes along with this is that I look at stuff like, like, like there are some great strategy games out there that are fairly simple. And, um, it's like, if you're going to participate in power play, it should be, it should be like a, like a grunt view of the strategy game. And I don't, I don't get that feeling when I participate and I want them, I I feel like this is something that would be small, but have a big impact. It could really affect gameplay, people's entertainment, people's enjoyment, people's participation. You know, for that matter, you can make a good argument that why don't we have like a like a Thargoid power play section? You know, why 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 do we not have something that's kind of in that little I don't know, like 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 you go to the codex, you you have like these power play things. You go to the codex, there should be like a Thargoid. Hey, here are the systems that are in trouble. Here are the systems that are intact. Here are the systems that are on fire. I know you can see all this from the galaxy point of view. But if they were to have something, you know, like a like a Thargoid war map. Or Thargoid, hey, here's how you can help. Here are some builds you can go uh, equip your ship. Hey, go get this stuff over at the Guardian stuff to help out with this. If this was in the codex, I think more people w- would participate. That's actually a really good idea. I like the sound of that. So, but that is the secret question to Justin. So, yeah, <laughs> we we got off on a real big tangent there. Sorry about that. Yeah, we did. No, no. So we have one. I'm email. always up for. Uh, I'm always up for discussion like that. It's always a good talk. Yeah. We have one email this week, and I'm gonna I'm gonna read it. I'm not gonna read the person's email address, but I'm gonna read hey. it. Word for word, how he he wrote it, because I thought this was humorous. Hello, screwers. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. I am enjoying the show. I am new to the game. I wanted to know where I could learn more about the lore of the game. Keep up the good work, Commander Huygens23. And if I mispronounce your name, I'm sorry. Um, we appreciate your email. Uh, as far as lore goes, I'm going to shut up and let Ty take over for this one. So, uh, obs- I kind of got interested in the lore because of Obsidian Ant. And early, you have to go into YouTube and do Obsidian Ant's pages and go to his actual videos page and scroll way down because he did a lore series on the game uh, very early, very early on, like three or four years, two or three years ago. It was like his maybe seventh or eighth video total. He had like three or four videos were just about lore. Um, he had a couple of things that I think are incorrect, that if you go and look at um, the Elite Dangerous Wiki, or if you read some of the books, um, you can... Uh, you, you kind of find out that Obsidian had a few things wrong, but he gives you the broad strokes. And he did a really good job of getting me interested to find out more. And 
I learned a lot from the Elite Dangerous Wiki page. Uh, there's a there's a timeline that breaks it down into like centuries and years, and actually goes through every one of the years and has all of the like the Galnet articles, all of the important stuff that happened in the year that it took place. Now, this when we say the 20th century, like the 50s, like the 1950s, 60s, the 21st century, that lore is different than what uh, than what our history is. So, uh, even though this game takes place 1,300 years in the future, the its history is is wildly different from our current time period. Some of it's still the same. Like, like in the 60s, you know, they saw the, 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 the moon landing still happened at the same time. But, like, when the corporations kind of started taking over was, like, in the early, or the late 1990s, early 2000s. And uh, clearly that wasn't the case with, with the world that we know of yet anyway. So, <laughs> give them time. Um, another place that you can go look is Drew Wager. Uh, Wager, however you say his name. He has a series of books uh, that uh, has actually been intertwined with the lore of the game. Uh, there was a whole community event based around uh, one of his characters called Salome. And uh, that's uh, there was a community event where people went out there. She was going to reveal some information. And right before she could reveal the information, apparently this character was actually controlled by Drew Wager at the time period. Uh, Commander Harry Potter shot her down and destroyed her. And now this has become part of the lore of Elite Dangerous. Wait, 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 wait. So you mean to tell me that Commander Harry Potter fucked up some of the lore? Yes, sir. Pardon my French on that one, but... So they've literally let in-game players have an effect on the lore. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I have I applaud FDF for that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know if, like, I really wanted to know what she was going to reveal. And Drew, like, <coughs> excuse me, like, like, Drew is, Drew has, he had a, um, he, he has a YouTube where he blogs or video blogs about, um, some of the stuff that was going on FDev and what happened with that. He, he isn't allowed to reveal everything that she was supposed to reveal, but some of it did get revealed anyway, which is uh, the whole thing about the Formidon Rift and that the mega ship that was revealed there and about how the Federation had this big cover-up about it and they basically knew about the, Far the Thargoids long before, or Thargoids returning long before anyone else knew about it. And there's... There's um there's there's some interesting stuff there. Um, as much as I like the Federation, uh, I mean they're not they're not a good group of folks, but neither is the Empire, uh, which is why we should all join the Alliance. But they need some better looking ships. So. Um, well, my whole thing about it is, is every group has their own motives. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, there's also a few other standoff books. Um, I can't think of the individual authors right now, uh, but. There's a whole host of books out there, and Commander well, Hogan's. If, if if you just do a Google search for Elite Dangerous books, you'll find a bunch of them. I'm All, pretty sure most of them are available off the FDEB website, by the way. They are, yeah. And uh, there's not the few. I haven't read all of them, of course, but uh, the few that I've read are great. I can't. Um, I read one called Docking is Dangerous, and I can't think of the author name right now. Uh, is is one of the there's that book and Ready Player One, which made me laugh more than any book ever has in my entire life. Uh, both books are great. Uh, there's this scene in, in uh, Docking is Dangerous. Like, there's this kid. Like, the main character is like this kid, and he gets on this uh, elevator, and he's got this, this this girl who's like a little older than him, but she's like a like a she's a pilot, and she's um, you know he's attracted to her, of course, and there's like this. Uh, kind of rogue Han Solo style character who who's with them and, and they all three of them get on this elevator inside the station and like while they're riding the elevator there's, there's like this scanner that like scans him and pops up and says you know hey have you ever thought about penis enlargement or, or something like that because it, <clears throat> it was such a great little like 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 flash into the future of advertising about how you get into this like you're just walking along and this thing scans you and it's like hey 
we know what you need. And he's sitting there going, oh, God, don't don't let her know. Don't let her know. And it was this really hilarious scene between the inner dialogue that he wrote and with the little robot advertising thing that popped up, you know? So. Good know. tell, good tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Commander Hoygens, check them out. I think that, uh, if you just do a little search, if, if you want, uh, want to know a little more, man, just, uh, holler back at me and, uh, we can go from there. It was actually a very good question. Uh, I liked, I liked hearing a little bit about all that. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to be about it, man. Uh, we do have a couple of shout outs here. Um, um. I mean, per usual, uh, if you want me to go ahead and do it, uh, go right ahead. you can find me on Twitter at Dravenos13, that is D-R-A-V-E-N-O-S-1-3. Uh, you can find me on Twitch at Dravenos. Um, I, like I said last week, at the end of the last episode, actually, we've created a Twitter for Loose Screws. You can find us at Loose Screws ED. Um, so if you want to follow us, send us questions there, you can. Of course, there's also the email address, which I will let Ty handle. <laughs> um, other than that, I just want to give a big shout out to uh, another person that I work with who listens to us, who's actually thinking about getting into Elite Dangerous. His name is Cicadis. Uh His father actually passed away two days ago, and oh, man. my biggest condolences to him. Absolutely. But, um... Yeah, hopefully he, he gets into this game because he's listened to our podcast since I've been on it, and uh, he really enjoys it, and he was like, dude, like if this is a one-to-one scale of the Milky Way and I can find a ship through it, like I like, he's into it. So, But yeah, dude, big shout-out to Cicadis. Uh Hope everything gets better, man. I know it's rough, but you'll get through it. I know you. You're tough, dude. Yeah, Cicadis, um Man, I... I'd... I'm very very sorry to hear about your dad. I um, you know, I my dad disappeared when I was younger, and I haven't seen him. I'm not even sure what he's doing right now. But my mom passed away in in 2016, and I was pretty, I was pretty close to her, so it 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 was it was pretty rough. So I I know what you're, I kind of know what you're going through, man. And uh, man, I'm very sorry to hear that. Uh, well, I wish you the best. Me and him have had the talk, and in uh, 2005, that's when my grandfather passed away, and I was really close with him, but uh, I never knew my father, because my father died before I was born, Yeah. and for me, it's weird, because a lot of people say they're sorry, but it's just like I never got the opportunity to know my father, so it doesn't really hurt, Yeah. but um, yeah, when my grandfather passed away, that kind of hit me hard, so it's just like, but yeah, I, I couldn't imagine losing my mom, dude, that, that had to have been rough. It's uh, it's different, man. I tell you, it's uh. Anyway, we'll go into that later. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, man, you guys can check us out at uh, uh email us at uh, loosegrewsquestions at gmail dot com. Again, our Twitter is uh, you can reach me at tyrvol t y r v o l or it is loosegrewsed. I think that's gonna be it, man. You got anything else, bro? Uh, I mean, don't fly without a rebuy. Don't fly without a rebuy. That's the best thing to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Catch you guys next week. Have a good one.